Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Find Your Model Health, the official podcast for those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight goals and understand how their body really works. I am your host. I am Shemaine Linney. I'm a fitness and nutrition expert, certified iridologist and biohacker. I'm very happy to have you back with me for another episode, and I hope you find this one really helpful. This episode, we're going to look at migraine, and I'm hoping that it is going to be the first of several podcast episodes on the topics of migraine and headaches, and I'm also hoping to have a very special guest on soon to talk to us about these issues. Before I go on, I must remind you that the information in these podcast episodes is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as medical advice. Please consult your health practitioner before making any lifestyle changes. So in this episode, I really want to help you understand migraine. And the reason I've picked migraine, I'm sure you know there's that migraine is a form of headache. There's several types of headaches. Uh, there's tension headaches, there's migraine headaches, cluster headaches, sinus headaches, hypoglycemic headaches, pressure headaches, but migraine is one of them. And the reason I'm talking about it today is because um, I don't get headaches often at all. But if I do get a headache, it's always a killer migraine. Um, I personally use Botox and find it very effective for my migraines, but uh, we'll get into that a little bit more. So I want to help you understand what migraine is. So migraine is a neurological condition that typically causes like very painful headache attacks and they can be triggered by many things such as sensitivity to light. For me, definitely excess blue light exposure, sitting in front of my computer for a long time, that can be a trigger. Sounds, um, I don't know if sounds are a trigger for me, but I do get frustrated with a lot of noise. So maybe it is. Smell is a big one. Smells. Uh, I cannot go into bath and body because those smells just give me the worst headache. Um, but more than just these severe, really bad headaches, migraine is a neurological condition that can cause other symptoms. So it's not just a really bad headache. Although debilitating headaches can characterize it, you can get other symptoms like the aura or tunnel vision, uh, nausea, vomiting, difficulty speaking, difficulty thinking, uh, numbness or tingling, which sometimes I will get, um, dehydration, difficulty to focus, increased cravings as your brain is looking for some sort of sugar to survive, sensitivity to light and sound, and then that severe pain. For most people, it will be on one side of the head, but you can get it through your whole head. Migraine condition often runs in families and can affect all ages. So women or females generally are most likely to get migraines compared to men. Um, and there is that kind of hormonal aspect to it, but also our stress and 
coping mechanisms can be a trigger as well. Men, of course, being more resilient in certain ways than women. But the diagnosis of migraine is sometimes based on clinical history, but also reported symptoms, especially if they're repeated, um, especially if they're very common symptoms. Um, and then we have like categories of migraine headaches or migraine attacks, which would be episodic versus chronic. And then those with an aura and those without an aura. So mine would be more episodic and then with an aura, always with an aura. I don't think I've ever had a migraine without an aura. So what does a migraine feel like? Um, it's horrible. It's so bad. It's disgusting. I want to vomit thinking about it. That's how bad it is. So generally, I will first notice a prism or an aura, and I'll be like, uh-oh, something's happening. Then next will be that kind of tunnel vision. You'll start getting uh, pulsa pulsating or throbbing feelings in your head. You'll feel a bit discombobulated, like, oh, something's off here. If you're very in tune with your body the way I am, you will know straight away what's happening. Um, you can then get pounding in your headache and for some people it's debilitating um for me it has been debilitating the last time i got a very bad migraine i know what the trigger was it put me out for three days and i said never again i need to deal with this and i marched straight up to the clinic and i got botox like a thousand dollars worth that's how awful i felt and since then, I have not had anything that severe, which it was worth it in the long term. Um, but you can, it'll start out really mild and then it'll spiral into a dull, even steady ache. And then it will get worse um, depending on how you attack your migraines or those initial symptoms will depend on how bad it can get. So if I see an aura, the first thing I'm doing is my molecular hydrogen, my krill, my magnesium, my San Pellegrino, peppermint tea, like I'm hitting it with everything. And that usually helps it subside. But if I'm in a position where I don't have anything available, it's happened to me where I've been out for a walk. And then by the time I get home, it's a full-blown migraine and I want to just vomit and die. So um, migraine mostly affects the forehead and one side of the head but it can occur on both sides and for me I'll also get it on the right side of the nape of my neck there I'll feel a tension kind of pain there as well it's said that most migraines last about four hours um, but in my experience and even my experience with clients and working with people it can last up to three days. I have spoken to women where they've had continuous migraines for days upon days upon days. Um, so I don't really think it's set in stone. You, you, In my opinion, you'd be lucky to have a migraine for only four hours. Most women seem to have it a lot longer. And you know, men do experience migraines, but they don't seem to be as severe as women's. And men more will tell you this is just a very bad headache where a woman will pretty much know or say this is a migraine. So um, we went, to, just to go a bit back over the symptoms again, um, 
you can have the aura, the tunnel vision, the very debilitating pain in your head, the nausea. Some people will get diarrhea. Some people will vomit. You also may experience those food cravings because there's a lot of research indicating that when a migraine occurs, part of it is the brain is struggling to get energy and glucose is its main form of energy. So you may see cravings there as your brain is trying to survive. Uh, depression can also be a symptom of a migraine. Honestly, I've always recognized that after a migraine, I will feel very down or hormonal. So that might be that depression aspect. It won't be before, it's always after for me. And then of course, fatigue, low energy. I cannot go to the gym on the day of a migraine or after I really just have to practice that self-care and take care of myself. Um, irritability can be another symptom that a migraine is going to come or that neck stiffness or neck pain that many people would associate with tension headaches. So that could drive you to have a tension headache, which could then spiral into a migraine. In a migraine with aura, the aura occurs after the prodome stage, after the symptom stage. During an aura, you may have problems with your vision everyone's going to be different but you you'll notice something different with your vision the sensation you'll feel off you'll feel a bit weird your movement might be delayed and your speech that happens to me too believe it or not um so i like i'll have issues focusing i won't be able to look at my phone i won't be able to string a sentence together properly I can get prickling or tingling sensation in my face and arms. That's not often, but I have got it. And that's usually down to inflammation. And if maybe my trigger was overtraining or something like that. Um, some people will see shapes or light flashes or bright spots. Some people will lose their vision completely. I don't. Generally, I will get tunnel vision only on the left side of my face. So I will not be able to see anything to the left. Um, then the next phase is known as the attack phase. And this is kind of the most acute or severe of the phases when the actual migraine pain up occurs. In some people, this can overlap or occur during the aura. The attack phase can last anywhere from those four hours to 72 hours um, and the symptoms do vary from person to person but there can be some similarities um, so increased sensitivity to light and sound I'm laughing because people will message me to say I have a migraine right now and they're telling me what's going on and I'm like get off your phone you cannot be looking at electronics or blue light when you have a migraine so like they want to tell me they want my help. But the first step is get off your phone, send a pigeon to me or something. Then you get the nausea, the dizziness, feeling faint, pain on one side of your head, the pulsing, throbbing pain, the vomiting. So this is all in that uh, attack phase. Then after the attack phase, a person will often experience the post-drome phase. So this phase is where you get those changes in mood and feelings. Like I mentioned, I feel like, oh, my hormones, there's something up here. I'm feeling a bit sad. I'm feeling down. I'm feeling 
lethargic, definitely sad. I feel sad after migraines and I'm not sad about anything. It's just the side effect. Um, in other people, though, they can feel euphoric and extremely happy, which I have not experienced. But um, I've not even heard clients speak about that. But you still may have a mild, dull headache persisting in this phase. And I generally do. That's why I can't work out or go to the gym post-migraine either. I need to take a good two days off. So the length and intensity of each phase can occur in different degrees in different people. Some people might skip a phase. Um, some people might experience a migraine attack without even a headache. They might have other symptoms. But um, a lot of the symptoms and triggers and tendencies that I mentioned, they, they are more common than not. So on my Instagram page and Facebook page on Monday, I did a list of common triggers. Some people didn't even recognize like cheese can be a trigger. Chocolate can be an aid for some people during a migraine, but it can also be a trigger. The same as caffeine can be great for vasodilation, but can also be vasoconstrictive and a trigger for other people. So we also have um, bar barometric pressure so weather changes dehydration is something I speak about a lot so many people are not in tune with their hydration or dehydration signs and symptoms most people just think I don't feel thirsty it's so much more than that um bright lights especially blue and led lights huge trigger for me um, a lot of people sitting in offices under these LED lights and hospitals. I have a lot of nurses that are clients and all day, every day, they're under these beaming white LED lights and they can't understand where they constantly have headaches or tension around their neck and shoulders or migraines. Um, and it, a lot of it, I believe, is these lights and these lights also drive dehydration as well. Then we have uh, hormones, hormone changes, pregnancy, menopause, menstruation, estrogen dominance, um, stress is a big one, sounds for people, intense physical activity, some people skipping meals, that would be a blood sugar issue, alcohol as well, excess sugar, medications, um, lack of sleep excessive smells like if you go into a perfume shop can be a trigger especially for people that have hypothyroidism because they may already have some sort of toxic overload in their body um i did do a post as well some people will keep a headache journal so that if they do go to their doctor or health practitioner they can say here i've been tracking my headaches and my migraines but yesterday i did a post saying you know tracking your nutrition can also be helpful because if your trigger is a food, then by tracking your nutrition, you may be able to scroll back and kind of narrow down, well, hey, I can't have cheese, or every time I have this red wine, I have a headache, or every time I have Doritos, I have a headache, or something like that. Every time I have MSG, I get a migraine. So that can be helpful too. So migraine treatment, um, this is going to vary from person to person. You're, generally, your doctor is going to give you some sort of pain reliever, Tylenol or something like that. Um, 
For me, recommendations are usually going to be more that natural approach first, that more anti-inflammatory. There's a lot of research supporting the fact that people um, deficient in magnesium are more likely to suffer from migraine and severe headaches. So that would be the first approach and not just like oh, I take 150 milligrams of bisglycinate. More people need a lot more magnesium than 150 milligrams, like a lot more. So at a minimum, I'm looking at 300 milligrams plus. Okay, can we get some mineral water in here? And that's going to give you a nice steady dose of bioavailable magnesium. Are we eating our green vegetables? Are we getting our good nutrition um, then I'll increase magnesium if I need to. My preferred forms of magnesium are citrate and malate. Those seem to be the most effective. And also elemental, I usually will get that from molecular hydrogen, but not everyone will take molecular hydrogen, um, which is very, very fast and effective, like effective within 10 minutes. Then we're looking at other anti-inflammatories, uh, pure krill oil, even high-dose vitamin D, vitamin C. Ginkgo has some research um, around helping with headaches. Some additional medicinal mushrooms like lion's mane and reishi can be helpful as well. Um, essential oils, rosemary and sage, lavender, peppermint, you got your teas, all of those teas, rosemary, sage, peppermint, even lavender tea can be helpful. Turmeric tea, ginger, adding ginger to coffee can be helpful. Hydration, of course. Um, so I mentioned Botox. Botox works well for me. So Botox gets injected into the muscles directly, not into the bloodstream. So there it gets metabolized by the muscles, but it basically will numb the muscles so that they can't constrict or contract or tense up. So it keeps your, dare I say, the muscles in your head and neck loosey-goosey, just nice and relaxed. So Botox can be very helpful for a lot of people, depending on how severe um, your migraines are you may be able to get the Botox covered under your benefits um unfortunately for me I was not able to because I run my own business <laughs> and we don't have these special benefits but it's worth it in my opinion for me it works very well I have heard of people say oh it doesn't work for me that makes me consider okay do you need a higher dose or are you being injected in the correct locations because there's all different locations I've had it in my traps in my trapezius I've had it in my neck I've had it in my temples and my forehead um, so it can depend where you feel most of the pain or the tension and so on and so on. Uh, but a good nurse practitioner administrating Botox should have training on the migraine sites and um, injection areas as well. So if anyone wants to know who I go to, you can private message me or email me through Shemaine's Model Health and I'd be happy to tell you who I go to see. But I find it um, very helpful. And then really act, doing some self-care. If I get a bad migraine, I will, I'll fast during the migraine phase just to allow my body to kind of bring itself back to homeostasis and um, help everything just calm down and reduce the inflammation. I'll usually have a very hot shower or a hot 
Epsom salt bath, I'll use two cups of Epsom salts and I'll add in some eucalyptus and peppermint essential oil as well. I'll have my incandescent lighter candles on, maybe a bit of classical music. I'll go to bed early, um, all that sort of stuff. So that would be my treatment. Really self-care is a big one. From what I see with a lot of women, most of the triggers are stress related and whether or not that stress is causing them to hold a lot of tension in their neck or their shoulders or overthinking, their mind is racing, they're not taking care of themselves. Maybe they're working extra hard at their job, they took on some extra shifts or they got a promotion they're just go, go, go. And then you've got that blue light exposure. Nurses again, that white light in hospitals. It usually comes down to stress though. Um, and even the stress eating excessive sugar and alcohol. And then you've got a trigger. And I, I hate to say it because when you look at how we live today, we think a lot of people are taking care of themselves. But from what I see from talking to and working with people, Women are not taking care of themselves properly. Women have a lot of nutritional deficiencies. They're tired. They have blood sugar issues. They're not hydrating properly. They're just not taking care of themselves. Um, and this really can be like a fix. If you start taking care of yourself, you can potentially see your migraines and headaches start to reduce, which is amazing because that also will improve your overall quality of life. That's where I want to leave this podcast episode today, uh, kind of helping you understand migraine and my experience. I do plan to have some more. And like I said, a special guest coming on to speak to us that specializes in the area of headache and migraines. So hopefully that will be over the next couple of weeks. I hope you all found this really helpful. If there's anyone that you know that might benefit from this information, please do share with them. Sharing is caring. And if you haven't already, please do like and subscribe to my podcast. It really means a lot to me and it helps me out a lot. Okay, you guys, you take care. Enjoy the sun while it's out. Stay hydrated and I'll chat to you guys real soon. Bye-bye.